Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 812, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh, Chase. It's March 17th. <laughs> it was 80 degrees on St. Patrick's Day in 2012, 10 years wow. ago. Rook and I were in the uh, parade as the Grand That's right. or whatever the hell we were. And it was eight below on this day in 1941. On this day in 1965, we had 11 inches of snow. And those of you uh, old enough to remember, 1965, we had tremendous flooding on the Mississippi and St. Croix. And Lyndon Johnson even came to town to take a look at it. And yes, we have an ice out today. Oh, good. Uh, March 16. No, this is the 17th. That's right. March 17th, 2016, ice out on Minnetonka on this day. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. It is too hot for Working on production, Chris Reavers, director <laughs> of social media, did John Hyden, newsroom, oh, yeah, and record. occasionally yeah, from the Krabby I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Did you hit your head or your wrist? My wrist. He's <laughs> a flashlight king, fireworks commissioner. How those purchase sets doing for you? Sense. I don't take those. <laughs> your mayor, Joe Sushiray. Uh, Don in Eden Prairie writes, I have to apologize to you and the crew. I can truly say that I wet my almost wet my pants this morning while listening to your podcast from yesterday, so I had no choice but to turn it off. I was in the middle of donating platelets when Kenny started talking about the kid doing homework oh. at the strip club oh, <laughs> and the stretch marks on the ladies. I started laughing, which turned into a coughing fit. That alone is hard to manage when you are lying in the chair with a tube stuck in your arm. But to complete things, I had my prostate removed 24 months ago. Let's just say that coughing is one of those things that can involuntarily relax certain muscles. I had no choice but to turn it off. Now that I'm back at the office at home, I plan to finish it. Thank you for both informing us and entertaining us. <laughs> I did uh, listen to that yesterday. Yeah. I had to chuckle. Yeah, I had to chuckle. That also was a uh, clip on our Garage Logic YouTube page. Oh, I know that. That's gotten some activity. Yeah. Oh, it was? I didn't see that. Oh, and then uh, you tweeted something else because we're fact based. Uh, Doug wants us to know nearly every statement made during your brief discussion of daylight saving time was completely false. <laughs> oh, and he said that's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> we are in daylight saving time now, not standard time. The purpose is to have more evening light in the summer when the days are longer, not the winter. That way we aren't sleeping when the sun is shining on summer mornings. It has never had anything to do with farming. Farmers can start the day at dawn regardless of what the clock reads. Most would prefer to leave the clocks alone. Energy costs are also irrelevant since the decrease in artificial lighting on summer evenings is offset by an increase in air conditioning during the same time. The impetus, the impetus to move the clocks forward in the spring comes from the Chamber of Commerce, which correctly reports that more evening sunlight keeps people outside longer, shopping more, and spending more money, benefiting the economy. It's that simple. Love the show, Doug. Thank you. It's impressive, man, when we can say everything's wrong. There's more to snow shoveling kerfuffle in Minneapolis than I ever imagined, and I, I shouldn't be surprised. Uh, yesterday, uh, later in the afternoon, I was listening to another station, and the, uh, the host had on a Minneapolis City Councilwoman. Ward 2, Robin Wansley Warlebaugh. 
Right. To discuss. Uh, apparently, she is the principal uh, advocate for the city to take over all snow shoveling of all sidewalks. Mm hmm. And she's the type of person that won't come on this show, and that's fine with me. We'd have absolutely nothing in common. She describes herself as a democratic socialist and gleefully told the host yesterday that she's a socialist. And it's her belief that the city, that the government should shovel the snow uh, in the interest of equity and equality. Oh, sure. Right. I, I, I didn't know that there was a that there And she said it would, it would be good for employing people, too. And, and oh, so sure. what yeah. I would have wanted to know from her is what—, what Robin Wansley Warlblah. Warlblah. What What in God's name do you expect people to do? Are you to, uh, is, is, does socialism mean you relieve everybody from all of their chores? Oh, I like this. So the city can come and do my dishes. I, well, what, where do you can stop Can they clean here? my garage? Why, why is it so difficult? Uh, you know, these are the same people that love walkable cities. They won't shovel their sidewalk. <laughs> why don't you, uh, that was an email from Mike. Why don't you, uh, lady, whoever the hell you are, you're new to Ward 2, the eastern side of Minneapolis. Who did she defeat, uh, by the way? I don't know, but you, you'll miss whoever she defeated with her was arrival. Was it Philippe? Uh, I don't know. Trisha, Latricia Vita beat Philippe. That's right. Latricia did. So... So these morons, these socialist morons, believe it shouldn't be your responsibility to shovel your sidewalk. Well, how far along down that road do we have to go before the likes of this nutcase believes you shouldn't own a house? You think they'd go that far? Hell yes. Mm. Why should you own a house? Well, the government will take care of it. You just live there and pay us. Yeah. But just Unless as, everyone can have a house, why should you own one? But it's, it's not, not equity, is it? It's not practical <laughs> that the city should... Think of how many miles and miles of sidewalks there are. Well, plus they'll screw it up. It's the government. Right. We're here to help. <laughs> do you think she wants to be helpful, or do you think she has evil intent? I think she she's just us, stupid. She wants So she doesn't want us to become wards of the uh She wouldn't know what that means. She's not, she's not qualified to be on the city council but she's okay. just representative of her, of her failed academy experience and her uh, her uh, activism there she has nothing to bring to the table in terms of production and you know meeting payrolls and whatever she's just another uh, goofy activist who thinks that she's on the right track suggesting that the city of minneapolis should be responsible for shoveling your sidewalk right well, that's she's wrong. She is she's wrong. just stupid. She won by thirteen votes, by the way. Who'd she beat? Yusra Arab, a DF, another DFL candidate. Right. So he wasn't left enough. That's right. Apparently not. <laughs> that's right. 13, 13 votes apart after a recount. What was the total vote, John? Just out of curiosity. No. Uh, Ninety-eight hundred. That's nothing. Yeah. Ninety-eight hundred. Ninety-eight hundred total votes, and she won by thirteen. Yep, in, in Ward Two, yeah. Ward Two, correct. Right. Right. Well, yes. we don't know that that's nothing. We'd have to find out the population of Ward John, look, Two. Can you find out any info on her? I could have. I just printed out this, so I would. I, I just printed sure. out a brief bio, so I would have her name, but her bio doesn't uh, tell us anything about her history. Uh, I didn't see her history. I said I did see her main thing was rent control. That's what her main because uh, that's working out well for St. Paul. Well, yeah. I'll tell you how great that's working out. Did you? I, I think I know what you're bringing up because this is astounding. I, I would like to know more about Robin Wansley Warlobaugh. Okay, yep. Warlo, Warlo uh, 
uh, because this is what she's brought to the public table. You people shouldn't have to be responsible for your own sidewalks. I suppose she'd argue the city owns the sidewalks. Yeah. Uh, she's a 29-year-old Chicago native. Well, moved of to, course. Moved, moved to Minneapolis in 2014. Sure. And uh, she's a ward, too, obviously. Graduated from Carleton College in 2013. Jeez, that's all you need. That place has failed. <laughs> Spent the following year what, do we have a degree? A, a, do we have a degree? Uh, there's no degree uh-huh. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, she fi- uh, finished a Thomas J. Watson fellowship after college where she researched effective reintegration and reentry programs and policies for recently released women in Canada, Ireland, Australia, and South Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what that all means. So. It means those women shouldn't have to shovel. Well, ba- no, what it means is she's never had a job. Of course not. Of course not. But, that, but we're going to tell you how you're going to live your we're life. We're just steeped in this uh, thinking. Political oh thing. goodness! What uh, she's been trained and certified in restorative justice practices. Oh, I'm sure she has. Hell, does that mean? <laughs> that means uh, you don't want. That means bad guys don't go to prison. Which is exactly what Minneapolis <laughs> needs right now. By the way, before you move on from daylight savings, we did have a call on that. I know you read an email. Uh, Carl, go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah, they went into the nursing home. Uh, in the Al's room at the nursing home. And who, who went in? Said, what now? I'm sorry. Who went into a nursing home? Well, the nurse. Okay. Went in to check on Al at the nursing home, and he was taking the shoe polish and putting it all over his swimsuit area. And uh, the nurse said, no, Al, you heard it wrong. They said, turn the clocks back. He heard him wrong. He must not have had his hearing aid in. Oh. <laughs> Every time. Who brought I can't, up? I can't find a population count for Ward 2. They're not telling me here. The rental uh, debacle in St. Paul continues, and uh, I, I'm throwing my hands up. You can't. No, we have to push back. You of all people can't well, I don't know give how to up. push back. St. Paul City officials yesterday unveiled a proposal that would provide five full-time employees and funding to administer the rent control ordinance passed by voters in November. But as the policy's May 1st effective date looms, many uncertainties remain for St. Paul tenants, landlords, developers, and others who say a lack of clarity has prompted a string of reactions, including uh, preemptive rent hikes and the pausing of new uh, housing policies. The city projects. The city council voted four to one to spend six hundred and thirty-five thousand five hundred and twenty-seven dollars to hire five employees. Get your phone out and get your calculator. Oh out. man! Two administrators for the city's Department of Safety and Inspections, a deputy hearing officer, and administrator for the council, and a city attorney. Can you give me those figures one more time? Please? So that's five people, and they have at six hundred and thirty-five. Yep. Five two seven. Well, five two seven divided by five. Six thirty-five. 527 divided by 5 is, wow, that's an annual salary of $127,105.40. So Melvin's got to five, five, find five more friends to hire. Oh, Kenny, Kenny, you think we should get in on this? No, I'm not. Uh, no. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> this is what happens when you allow an activist movement to write the ordinance. They didn't know what they were writing. No. And the but, mayor wasn't clever enough to put a stop to it. Right. 
How much is that each? 127 grand a year, something like that. That's more than Melvin makes. No, I don't know what Melvin. Needs. He makes 121 according I believe to me. Melvin's making what Melvin needs to make. According to the internet, Melvin's making 121. Huh. Well, we don't know if that's going to be the exact salary, but good lord help us. That's just uh, And is that for an entire year or is that, you know, part-time work? Well, given the way they operate in City Hall, my my heroine, heroine Jane Prince voted no. And she was the yeah she She's was the, the only, only one, one and two others were missing. So and the production, by the way, what did I read? It was down eighty eight percent. Production of what? New development. Oh yeah, well no one's going to build until they get this clarified. You know, I don't know what to tell you, people. We're we're uh, the city of St. Paul is getting robbed, uh, and apparently people just take it. But those five people, St. Paul paper didn't even have that story. I had to read it in Minneapolis. So as one of John's news, I believe it was one of John's news stories yesterday, those five people could now occupy one of those empty buildings in downtown St. Paul, because that's how we're going to revitalize the city. <laughs> Bringing on five people to administer an ordinance that is so flawed, you needed to create a new made-up office to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're solving problems, Joe. Well, the, the people of St. Paul just take it, but so do you. What do you want me to do? <laughs> do something. It's your city. We got a nice parade today. Speaking of that, why don't you move? I, I told you a hundred times. <laughs> Hold on, grab the net, John. Kenny, I got, I got it. I got, I got him. I got him. He's one. flapping. He's flapping pretty good. I don't know. Told you a hundred times. Oh. Yeah, there's a big uh, noon parade today undergoing as we speak in St. Paul, and there's a post party happening at CHS Field. Is this the first time they've done that? I have no idea, but I don't understand this. Minneapolis isn't having a parade. It's in Columbia They moved Heights. it to Columbia Heights. I know. Do we know why? I think it was safety. 6 p.m. Thursday tonight at the intersection of 40th Avenue Northeast and Van Buren Street. Can't thank you enough. Hey, thanks for coming by. In 2020, St. Paul's Parade was canceled, and last year it was a drive through parade. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. The 2022 parade's route is the reverse of the typical one. Well, that means uh, what? Uh, it returns to Lower Town. It begins at Rice Park yep. and follows Fifth Street to Mears Park and then into the uh, the uh, uh, ballpark. That's one, two, like four blocks. That's like four, five blocks. Which ding, ding. <laughs> Jeez. But at least they're having it in their own city. Yeah, I, you know, hats off to St. Paul. They're not moving it to New Brighton. It has to be safety. Is that the reason? I have no idea. I looked for the reason, but reporting isn't what it used to be. I have how, no idea why you would have a... Uh, how can it take them two hours to do four or five blocks? Let's see. Yeah, you're stumbling pretty one, good. Two. Where's that three, leprechaun? Where's the leprechaun? Four, five blocks. Yeah, it's Danny a, boy. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, it reminds seven, me. It's four five. blocks. Oh, no. Well, your blocks are screwed up. I don't know what it is. Kenny, why have you been sending me such dire links to dire Joe, stories? we don't have a lot of time left, my friend. 
it is almost over. I don't know what our kids and our grandkids are going to do. Kenny, wow. researchers calculate that the planet will leave the sun's habitable zone in 1.75 billion years. <laughs> so we don't have a lot of time. Get Gret, somebody get Greta on the phone, yeah. my God. <laughs> I discovered all this while I was uh, researching for yesterday's Krabby Coffee Shop. So today I just, I don't know what I Googled, but I got some real gems there. Um, our biggest fear is uh, volcanoes. Earthquake, maybe, um, but it, it's volcanoes and it's the earth cooling and, and the, the crap that the, uh, the volcanoes spew into the atmosphere. Earthquake, you say? Uh, Stacy, the GL geologist, uh, notes, which we've all heard, Mother is rumbling big time uh, near the east coast of Honshu, Japan, where they experienced, I believe it was yesterday, a 7.3. Yeah. 7.3, but no tsunami uh, that I'm aware of. Nope, just very uh, light uh, waves. Yeah. That's a big quake. they did have four deaths, though, four deaths. Yeah, it's a big quake. 7.3, you're getting in the major leagues there, aren't you? We could get hit by an asteroid. That could shut things down, (laughs) at least for a few years. Uh, By the way, back to Ward 2 for a moment. Yep. Uh, The main person she beat who finished third was Cam Gordon. So she did beat an incumbent, but he only finished third. Well, where'd this Yusuf guy come from? Uh, He He was was a candidate. Yeah, he finished Oh, he was a candidate. He wasn't the incumbent. No, uh, Cam, Cam Gordon, Gordon was. was the incumbent. Correct, and he Cam Gordon finished third. And see, Cam Gordon will now look sane compared to this nutcase. <laughs> For over 30 years, the center of the American experiment, thankfully, has been known as Minnesota's think tank. Uh, we need them now more than ever. They issue reports, papers, research. They provide events and speakers. What they're focusing on are the leading public policy issues of the day. I'm sure they would scoff at government-run snow shoveling. They get in the arena. They advocate and fight. and They're trying to make Minnesota a freer, more prosperous, and better-governed state. A great website, a great magazine, great writing, great reporting. Uh, You can go on there, uh, AmericanExperiment.org, and uh, take a survey about what you think we might be doing with our $9 billion surplus. Just click Take Action to sign, uh, I'm grateful that they're on our they're in our midst. They have plenty to discuss in this state that's rapidly, rapidly going downhill uh, in the grip of such mysterious progressive leftism. It's just uh, it's just a sad situation. But they're in there fighting the good fight, and they have wonderful information. Go to them. They're Minnesota's think tank, AmericanExperiment.org. rolling gentlemen hit the button then you cannot stop him he'll just make a move joe suchere a developer is being greedy there's a hole in the sky where the tree once stood such a lack of life and sound kelsey took a picture of the clear six acres in Edina with all euphoria standing around sobbing and then put about five series of pictures of Ukraine. By the way, thanks to Chris for uh, sending this to us on YouTube. Listen, John's got it going. What guitar is that, man? This is an Ibanez, Joseph. 
That new if one? I don't hear some Thin oh, no. Lizzy by the oh, end no. of this podcast, I'm coming down there. Hey, when are we going to play uh, Danny Boy by Paul Feiler? Oh, oh whatever you like. Don't, don't. The boys, John, have you been practicing? Unsurprisingly good. <laughs> wow. Surprisingly good. He's just, he's just a sour candy day, isn't really he? Good. Let me tell you something. It might be the season. Snowmobiles one day, motorcycles the next. What is going on? Um, it's Irish Day today. Spring starts this weekend. It can only mean one thing. Moon Motorsports in Monticello prepping uh, the um, motorcycles right now. It's a mad dash to two wheels for everybody. Make sure you're ready for the spring season by visiting moonmotorsports.com and check out all the brand new models they have in stock waiting for all of us. And right now, the Moon Motorsports service team, they've they have got your appointments available, so feel free to book your service today. Put some new tires on that thing, would you? Moon Motorsports, they offer eight brands of bikes and many in-stock used models, including Harleys. They're all waiting for you in the greatest cathedral of motorized joy you'll ever see. It's right there in Monticello. And it's whatever kind of riding you want to do, track, trail, tarmac, Moon has a bike, and even better, a specialist who can help you make the most of this season. Uh, Moon Motorsports, they're just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities, and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Kelsey alerted me to this in a Breitbart report. In the latest effort from British institutions to cancel British history, the National Museum Wales has declared the use of steam trains to be rooted in colonialism and racism. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. The National Museum Wales owns a two-scale replica of Richard Trevithick's steam-powered locomotive, which debuted in 1804 when it replaced a team of horses. It pulled a train nearly 10 miles along the tramway of the Penny Darren Ironworks, a groundbreaking achievement widely perceived to be ahead of its time. However, the Welsh government-sponsored... Uh, National Museum Wales is now pledged to explore how the slave trade linked and fed into the development of the steam and railway infrastructure in Wales as they conduct a woke audit of their collection, which could lead to the placement of a disclaimer next to the engine replica, dubiously connecting it to the slave trade. Trade and colonial exploitation were embedded in Wales' economy and society and were fundamental to Wales' development as an industrialized nation, the museum said in an official statement. It is unclear how this relates to the Cornish inventor Trevithick, who has no personal links to slavery. And while some investors in the railroad were slave owners, and there's no evidence to suggest they were connected to Trevithick, according to the Telegraph in the UK. The colonialism audit comes after the National Museum Wales called a so-called Charter for Decolonizing, which plans to identify collections linked to the colonial aggression and the transatlantic slave trade. The repeated vandalization of the statue of Second World War leader Sir Winston Churchill in Parliament Square. BLM demonstrators also tore down a historic statue of Edward Colston, a parliamentarian and philanthropist and some, with some then unremarkable business links to the slave trade in Bristol. The Charter for Decolonizing claims that museums and their collections are often rooted in colonialism and racism. And the uh, National Museum of Wales is no different. One of the other examples they use to suggest their collection is racist is a handkerchief from the 19th century that commemorated the Diamond Jubilee of Queen Victoria in 1897. 
The museum has suggested that as the handkerchief contains the Union Jack, the royal standard, and white ensign flags alongside the inscription of Worldwide Empire, it is a visual representation of the celebratory, unchallenged narratives of empires that we're finding, that we are finding across our collections. Ironically, Victoria's reign began after the total abolition of slavery in the British Empire and was marked by a sustained and energetic campaign by the Royal Navy to stamp out the slave trade worldwide, a feat which would have proved impossible if Britain was not a great imperial power. Speaking to Breitbart London, GB News host Darren Grimes branded the attempted cancellation of the locomotive as absurd. The steam train revolutionized travel with the ability to transport both passengers and cargo. It allowed us to ensure coal could travel and power an empire. That empire had its good and its bad, but having been part of an industrial revolution responsible for ensuring billions don't find themselves in poverty or dead at childbirth uh, strikes me as an unapologetically good thing, Grimes said. It sounds like the uh, only steam emanating from the National Museum Wales these days is a steaming pile of bull blank, he added. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, if you go down this road, we've discussed this many times, then you, you, you literally... Uh, you're, you're wiping out all history. You have to wipe out everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. And there's a lot of people that would be completely okay with that, by the way. So therefore, <laughs> Wales, you shouldn't exist. Sorry, I interrupted you, John. That's all right. This uh, this is nothing new. As I, I did a search here, yeah. uh, for at least 15 years, there's been articles about steam uh, boats and steam trains being uh, uh, things that helped imperialism and colonialism mm-hmm. prosper. So, so in this, this apparently is uh, no, mostly in Great Britain. Uh, okay. To a bit here, the steam boats, yes. Okay, but mostly in Europe. This is directly part and parcel of the mystery. What is it that Mysterians ultimately want? It, let's just keep it to the United a, States. A, a different country. A country that currently does not exist. They would wipe yeah. out the United States history. And it's happening. It's, we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. What Mysterians want, because Mysterians don't like people and they don't like to have to work or achieve anything, Mysterians want a completely different country than the one we know. Mm-hmm. Well, by the standards of, of finding fault with a, a steam train, then Wales should not exist. The same, the same standards would apply. You have to completely wipe out the country of Wales. You have to completely wipe out the United Kingdom. You have to completely wipe out anything white anywhere in the world. It's, it has to be eliminated. What about White Castle? That too. Okay. Jordy alerted me to this one. Police were forced to protect conservative debater at Yale Law School's free speech event. (laughs) Is that irony? (laughs) From woke students shouting, I'll fight you, bitch. Victim warns, future of legal profession in America is in dire straits. Oh, that's not good. Woke Yale Law students, this is from the Daily Mail. Woke Yale Law students were filmed threatening two guest speakers during a free speech event where a conservative guest successfully defended her, her ideals. Court, uh, the printer failed me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> the chaos broke out last week at the start of a panel featuring progressive Monica Miller from the American Humanist Association and Kristen Wagoner, a conservative Christian of the Alliance Defending Freedom nonprofit. 
The purpose of the panel was to illustrate that a liberal atheist and a conservative Christian could find common ground on free speech issues, according to the Washington Free Beacon. Both took, the same, both took the same side in a 2021 case involving legal remedies for First Amendment violations that was presented to the Supreme Court. But protesters were outraged by the, uh, what's the ADF? Uh, signs attack the ADF uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, oh, the Christine Wagoner. Right. Group. But protesters were outraged by the Alliance Defending Freedom's successful Supreme Court defense of a Colorado baker who refused to make a gay wedding cake. They were also infuriated by the group's support for a measure that anyone who wants to change their gender must have gender reassignment surgery. Miller was harangued ahead of the event by totalitarian students claiming her very presence at the event was harming the flourishing of queer lives, with Wagoner and ADF supporters hit with threats at the meeting itself. I don't want to go on. Uh, you can imagine that every one of those 120 protesting, presumably law students, A, will result in really bad lawyers, yes. and B, they, they would be right in line with eliminating this country and right. starting over. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, the conservative. The the cons- Are you wearing green today? It's very handsome. I am. It's yeah. a St. Patty's Day. I'm wearing right. my Farewell oh, football t-shirt. Oh, uh, shirt. Your question, please. So the conservative speaker at this particular event, uh, what was her name again? Wagner. Uh, Wagner, it's 2022. Not, I'm not condoning the actions. She had to have seen this coming, correct? But she and this other gal had previously done this and worked together. It, the, the two women didn't have a problem with each other. No, I know that. It but was th- the students. But that's what right. I'm saying. All of these woke college students, I, I, I'm shocked well, that she even agreed to do it in the first place. They want free speech as long as it's their free speech. Correct. Yeah. When law school professor Kate Smith introduced Wagner, the protesters stood up and displayed signs attacking the nonprofit alliance defending freedom for which Wagner works. Video of the incident shows the students screaming profanities at Wagner, including one who threatened they would literally fight you, the B word. The protesters berated the speaker, chanting, protect trans kids and shame, shame, shame throughout the law school building after police officers escorted her and Miller out of the building. So uh, there at the failed academy, which costs probably 100 grand a year, you're a sap if you're helping your kid go through that school. Uh, They won't even they can't they can't even have a free speech event with speech. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, it's your theory. We're not going to be able to talk to one another anymore. We're going to have a free speech event, but don't you dare have any speeches. Don't you talk at all. Don't talk at all, you kids. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 guess, you guess guests of the school. What a failed, lousy, miserable institution Yale must be. But it's well, just uh, another among the failed academies. May I, may I make a positive out of this? Yes. Uh, at the school actually is the, the, what arranged this. Yeah. So at least the school wanted it to happen. And there was a teacher there to run the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So at least the school was in, but the students, yeah, they weren't. And the two women, the atheist and the Christian, they were cool. They, they were willing to debate. Yeah. yeah. It's these morons who have been destroyed in the failed academy. They would sign anything you put in front of them that says steam trains are an example of racism. Yeah. There's not a doubt in my mind. The, the world is mad right now. It's just, it's, it's mad. Not, not only because of Putin. It's just mad in every, in every dynamic. It's just, it's mad and it's maddening. And uh, it, it feels uh, terrible. But today's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and we'll play Paul Filer for you. Beautiful. Kenny, you can go out in the alley yeah. and have a heater because he doesn't uh, want to hear. I've got a whack for my daddy oh, let me tell you. He doesn't want to hear. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to know what that means. He doesn't want to hear uh, 
It means musha ring dumb a dumb da is what it means. <laughs> what is he talking about? I don't, I don't know. This is going over my head. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess their song lyrics, but I'm not exactly sure. Can we come back with uh, Paul Filer? Sure. We can oh, do before it. we do, though. <laughs> no, okay. Kenny says no. Before we... <laughs> <laughs> there goes my YouTube highlight. Before we do, before we do, uh, we're starting to receive from listeners the uh, Kamala Harris impersonators that they find, oh. and we found a, a submission that uh, I don't know who the gal is. She's very attractive, but all you have to do is the car one, Chris, where she said she was late to work. Yeah. If you can, how long will it be before you can find Why that? Why don't we? Uh... Take Why don't a break. We take, a, take a time out because I wasn't prepared uh, prepared for it. At okay, this let's let's do that, Chris. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mister Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. All right. There's you learn more here five, by accident five, than elsewhere by design. Today. Here's Joe Suchere. What is this? We are joined. It's our honor. Paul Filer. Hello, Paul. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good. Uh, we had you on, I bet it was last December. Uh, yes, it was. You are a Pearl Harbor survivor, great friend of Billy Stein. And uh, Billy has advertised you as a uh, great crooner who would uh, do Danny Boy for us. Would you do us that honor? He's only heard me in the middle of the night after a couple of scotches, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> any any time you want to hit it. Okay. All right. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone and all the flowers are dying. Tis you, tis you must go and I must bide. But come ye back while summer's in the meadow or when the valley's heist and white with snow it's i'll be here in sunshine or in shadow oh danny boy oh danny boy i love you so so i'm sorry i got caught up for that that's all right very good it's just absolutely fantastic you are a great Living American. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks, Paul. All right. All right. You know what I hear in the background when he's singing that? What? The guns he must have heard on December seventh, nineteen forty-one. 
the cannons, the screaming and the sirens and the airplanes. And mm-hmm. the, well, if we're going to go down in flames, we're going down. We're going to keep working at this to get our very own Kamala Harris. Yes. And now this is a listener named Kathy. Yeah, uh, I will pull up her email. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if she wants her last name mentioned, but yes, this is from Kathy B., uh, who submitted it, uh, and the file that she had submitted wasn't working for my computer. Right. We had to text her. And, so and, I got back to her, and she said, uh, hey, just let me know if this works. I'd right. love to hear it on the show. This is uh, GLer Kathy doing Kamala Harris. So Ukraine is a country in Europe, mm-hmm. and it borders a bigger country Russia. Russia is a powerful country. Okay, could you stop that a minute? Hold on one second. Wait, no, hold on. I I, I talked over the one part. Because she's got the pauses down. Now listen to this part. It's a powerful Powerful. country. And when a powerful country... I like her. It's getting better. ...invades a smaller country, well, that's bad. See, that is bad. That's bad. Okay. I would like to hear her teach us how to make like peanut butter toast. Yeah, something really <laughs> <It'd be> so <laughs> fun. Just random things. See, what trouble, you do is you take out the bread. The trouble. I well, get the next one. Oh, okay. Uh, this uh, a listener submitted this. It, do you know? Do we know this lady's name? Uh, I do not know. It this was probably point. plucked off social media somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm trying to find her name on here. Elsa. Elsa is her name. She's she's pretty good. You want to know why I was late for work today? (laughs) Okay, well, the reason why I was late for work today, okay, is because when I got in my car, okay, it wouldn't start. And if your car won't start, you can't drive your car, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I would like to purchase this purchase that means to buy something when you purchase something (laughs) you are buying it you want to know where i live (laughs) okay well i live in a country okay and inside that country is a state and inside that state is a town and inside that town is my house that is where i live okay Oh, the cackling. She's got the She's cackling got the down cackling perfect. Down. Yeah. But neither of neither Kathy or Elsa, Elsa. Uh, they really don't have her voice. They really don't have her voice. They have the idea of the stupidity and the idiocy of Kamala Harris, but they don't have her voice. Kathy came close with the word powerful. Powerful. Yeah. It's a very powerful country. But uh, we'll keep trying. If, if people send us, we'll, we'll give yes. them a list. Now, Kathy, uh, Kathy, did you tell Kathy we'll call her? I, I emailed her back and said we were going to be using it on the show. Oh, yeah. no, it's fine. It's a very it's, powerful it's, country. It's, it's a, it is a powerful, powerful thing to do. Uh, I think we should turn to John Height. I really well, do. Actually, well, can I play one more clip? Would what you mind? Is it? I think this will satisfy all GLers um, because this was sent to me. Oh, I got to re- remind myself. Oh yeah, our, our gal Julie Grabo sent this to me via Twitter. You guys remember Julie? Sure. Used to, used oh, yeah. to work in the office here. Uh, this was one of the the best St. Patrick's Day stories from about ten years ago or so because we've used a couple of clips on Garage Logic. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 
Well, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun is taking up residence in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC 15's <laughs> Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah. <laughs> Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead who got hold to the wrong stuff. And it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Get down to the bottom of this. You're still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This water's all smells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where to go. I want to go. Give me the go. I want to go. This is Brian Johnson, oh, NBC God, 15 wonderful. News. That's just, uh, that's just so wonderful. It's a crackhead that got himself into the wrong stuff. My, uh, my, uh, my kid, who you all know, uh, oh, yeah. is now lives in California. The first thing I see on my phone this morning, Happy St. Paddy's Day with the artist rendering from that the story. Sketch. Oh, the, the still shot of the artist Somebody drew sketch. a stick man uh, it's just, picture of the leprechaun. It's so spectacular. <laughs> oh, God, that's wonderful. My seven-year-old could have done oh, a better oh, job. Oh, was a ding-ding. Oh, so you call that a leprechaun? <laughs> And it's on a yellow legal tab yeah, piece of yeah. paper, you know. <laughs> All right, Johnny, take it away. Oh, okay. In the news this morning, teachers in the public school district of Minneapolis picketing again today as the strike enters its 10th day. i make this yes. my profile picture, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Yesterday, both sides said progress was made in negotiations and talks extended into the evening hours. According to leaders in the school district, during an update last night, talks were going so well, the district asked the union if employees could go back into classrooms while mediation continued. However, the district didn't say whether or not that was agreed to. Earlier in the day yesterday, teachers took to the downtown Minneapolis streets, continuing to call for pay raises and smaller class sizes. Meanwhile, members of the St. Paul Federation of Educators ratified their new contract yesterday. City of Minneapolis cleared out a homeless encampment in the North Loop neighborhood early Wednesday, citing public and safety issues. City said one of the big issues in the homeless encampment was on private property, and the people living there were asked to leave by the owner several times. City said those living at the homeless encampment were offered services and connected with outreach teams to help them find a new place to live. After 28 years as a Minnesota lawmaker, Tom Bach announced this morning he will be retiring at the end of his term this year. 
Bach is in his sixth term as a Minnesota senator after serving four terms in the House. In the Senate, he represents District 3, which includes a swath of the northeastern part of Minnesota along the border of Canada and Lake Superior, including part of the Iron Range. He served as Senate Majority Leader from 2013 to 2016 and Senate Minority Leader from 2011 to 2012 and 2017 to 2020. Uh, back in 2020... Hey, by the way, is he any relation to Amy Bach? No. Oh. Uh, you might remember... He spelled differently. Oh, sorry. He and Dave Thomasoni both left the DFL in 2020 and formed what they called the Independent Caucus, which they called more bipartisan and moderate. Mm -hmm. uh, Governor Walls has released an updated state budget proposal. Last month, the state's Department of Management and Budget released its economic forecast. It said Minnesota's expected budget surplus would increase to $9.2 billion. Now, under this new proposal, uh, Minnesotans who are single would get a rebate of $500 and if you are a couple earning less than 273 grand, you would get $1,000. Additionally, the plan calls for 30, 73 million, excuse me, to combat inflationary pressures on state public pension plans, 9 million for better cybersecurity defense and funding for a new Minnesota State Patrol helicopter, uh, various other things for state and local agencies and Republicans uh, for their part are calling for permanent tax cuts and more police officers. Star Tribune reporting a Golden Valley man has admitted to fatally shooting a man who tried to keep him from fleeing a hit-and-run crash in North Minneapolis last fall. Uh, you might remember the story. I don't think we were, were aware at the time that it was somebody who wasn't involved in the whole thing. 36-year-old uh, Robert D. Hall pleaded guilty to secondary unintentional murder in the death of 21-year-old Cavanian Palmer of Minneapolis. The plea deal calls for Hall to be sentenced to 25 years, with credit for his time in jail, he'll get about 16 and a half years to serve in prison. According to the complaint, police called about 9.50 in the morning, November 12th, the West Broadway in North Lindale, where they found Palmer down in the intersection, shot in the chest, and he died later at North Memorial Health Hospital. Witnesses told police Hall had driven his car through a red light, crashed into a vehicle, then ran away as the driver of the second car and two other men chased him. Witnesses said Hall resisted Palmer and the other men before he shot Palmer. Hall then ran to a nearby Cub Foods where he tried to open a woman's car door and tried to steal her car. Witnesses detained Hall until police got there. A gun fell out of his pocket and witnesses took Hall's bullet-resistant vest and a backpack containing narcotics. Uh, Palmer's death, by the way, forced the county attorney's office to dismiss a separate murder case because he had been the key witness for the prosecution to a shooting in North Minneapolis last summer. Lacey Severin, spokesperson for the county attorney's office, said Palmer's death was unrelated to the murder case. John, along those lines, we said yes. we'd, we'd follow this. Yesterday, Norman Darnell Tony, oh, yeah. 34 years old, made his, his court appearance in the uh, charge that he killed a 40-year-old pediatric doctor uh, in early November of 2021. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we, were, uh, we were in the height of discovering just how easy these people are getting off. Uh, for example, Tony had uh, prior felony convictions for burglary and assault. His criminal Record includes convictions for DWI, drugs, domestic abuse, speeding, driving with a revoked license, lying to police, and violating an order for protection. He had been released from prison last summer, uh, and now uh, he appeared yesterday, and I will make an attempt to learn what transpired at that event. Okay. Okay. Uh, really quick, uh, John, before you continue. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the president gave a St. Patrick's Day theme speech in, to, the, to, the, to the United States. 
Mm-hmm. Here's five seconds of it. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. I may. He might be Irish, but he's not stupid. Uh, Ukraine said its military that launched. Even make it. sense. No, it doesn't. That's why I played it. <laughs> Ukraine I think said he's it's insinuating that Irish people Irish are, are dumb. There you right? go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, did, Ukraine... uh, what did your buddy Jesse the Bod say about uh, the Irish folks? Yeah, that's right. They they were the drunks who laid out the streets of St. Paul. Yeah, well, you got why, that right. That's why the streets are so funny there. The streets in St. Paul are easier than Minneapolis. Are you kidding me? No, you're wrong. No, Jesse you're, you're was completely dead on wrong. correct. Yeah. That was a home run. I'm sorry. I, I apologize <laughs> if I offended anybody. <laughs> I don't know you, if you do. Ukraine said it's Ukraine. Ukraine says its military has launched a counteroffensive in its capital, Kiev, and other key cities. The thump of distant shelling echoed throughout the center of Kiev overnight, while Ukrainian forces appeared to counterattack in the outlying towns of Irpin, Buka, and Hostomel. Meanwhile, in the city of Marefa, 21 people were killed by Russian artillery when it destroyed a school and a community center. Marefa Mayor Vyanaman Sitov said the attack occurred just before dawn on Thursday. Uh, British military intelligence said this morning Russia's invasion of Ukraine is largely stalled on all fronts, with Russian forces suffering heavy losses and making minimal progress on land, sea, or air in recent days. Uh, meanwhile, Russia is warning the United States that Moscow has the might to put the world's preeminent superpower in its place and accuse the West of stoking a wild, uh, this is a new word to me, Russophobic plot what to tear that? Russia apart, oh. anti, anti-Russian, Russophobic. Hmm. Huh. A surge in coronavirus infections in Western Europe has experts and health authorities on alert for another wave of the pandemic in the U.S., Infectious disease experts are closely watching a subvariant of Omicron known as BA2, Ooh. which appears which appears to be more transmissible than the original strain BA1. BA, thank you, Chris. That's right. And is fueling <laughs> the outbreak overseas. Uh, so far, it's hit in Britain, it's hit in Germany, and it's hit in the Netherlands. In all, about a dozen nations are seeing spikes in coronavirus infections caused by BA2. In fact, Johnny, I didn't know you were going to have this in your news, uh, but Dr. Fauci did come out of hiding, and he spoke earlier today. We have to be careful that if we do see a surge as a result of that, that we're flexible enough to reinstitute the kinds of interventions that could be necessary to stop an additional surge. That could mean... The interventions didn't stop a search. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I have to. I'm going to read this story, uh, but I'm going to read it verbatim because there's no way for me to write it. It's from the New York Post, and and basically it's them patting themselves on the back. So I'm going to read it that way because I don't know how else to read it. Uh, first, this is the Post now. First, the New York Times decided more than a year later than that Hunter Biden's business woes are worthy of a story. Then deep in the piece and passing it notes that Hunter's laptop is legitimate. The Times writing people familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Biden, Archer and others about Burisma and other foreign business activities. Those emails obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. The post goes on to say, authenticated, you don't say. You mean when a newspaper actually does reporting on a topic and doesn't just try to whitewash coverage for Joe Biden, it discovers it's actually true? 
But wait, it doesn't end there. In October 2020, the Times cast doubt that there was a meeting between Joe Biden and an official from Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company for which Hunter was a board member. A Biden campaign spokesman said Mr. Biden's official schedules did not show a meeting between the two men. Yet in this latest report, published Wednesday night, the New York Times said the meeting likely did happen. Biden had attended the dinner in question. The Post goes on to say, funny how this works when you don't just take someone's word for it. In the heat of the presidential race, the Times never missed a chance to cast doubt on the laptop, the Post says, saying the information was purported and quoting a letter from former Democratic officials who claimed with no evidence that it was Russian disinformation. As recently as September 2021, the Times called the laptop unsubstantiated in a news story. Why was that's it unsubstantiated? Okay. That's, well, that's the, the point being that the Post is having a little intramural fun there. Oh, exactly. They're yeah, saying they're, they're, to the Times, uh, but he finally woke up, you corrupt. But isn't that all yes. true? Yes. And and you got to ask yourself, what under what uh, uh, rationale was Hunter Biden on a board of directors of a Russian gas company? Come on. And it kind of says news isn't news until the Times says it's news. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah that you used know. to be one hell of a paper, but it's no longer. <laughs> but let me ask a cynical question, though. Wouldn't it be news given what's going on right now? Yeah, but... Nothing will come of it. Well, of course not. No. Nothing well, will come but, of it. Well, but they have to find something nefarious out of it, though, too, I yeah. mean, for it to be news. Well, I think it's nefarious that he was on the board of a Ukrainian I gas company. I do, too. Well, it was... Well, well do you, do, are a lot of Americans board, on the board of directors of Gazprom? Are a lot of uh, daughters and son-in-laws, you know, in the White House... <laughs> Work for the white. You know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I guess the so, only reason I, I find it newsworthy, John, and, I, and I, I'm willing to be corrected and proven wrong, it's just because of what's played out right now in Ukraine involving Russia, right? That's why it is a news. No. You don't well, think well, what, so? What, how's it related to the Russian invasion of Ukraine? Well, don't you just find it odd that, that this happened months after this was this information was found out? I think the two things are completely separate things. I, I don't know how they would relate to each other. You have another uh, story? In what way would they relate okay. to I, each I, other? Okay, I, I guess I'm willing to be corrected. Well, I don't, I don't know how they'd be related. That's, that's Hunter Biden is as phony as a $3 bill. I gr agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. And what you want us to remember is that many people who end up in the White House are as phony as $3 bills. And, and don't forget the New York Post, who owns it. Right. Rupert, Rupert yeah. yeah. What That's else it. does he own? Fox News. Yeah. He also Big owns the world's greatest newspaper. Which one? Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Well. That's the world's little, greatest I'm newspaper. Little, I'm a little iffy on their editorial pages at times. Oh, I too. love it, though. That's just because you're a wiener. Do you remember, <laughs> do you, do you remember Joe, about two years ago when the reporters uh, wrote an open letter and said, uh, boy, we sure wish our editorial writers would pay attention to facts instead oh. of... Oh, that, yeah, that well, to happen. me, it's the world's greatest newspaper. <laughs> but I guess that's why a lot of people... I get it every day. I get the journal. Johnny, don't you think that, though, that's why a lot of people just don't trust news outlets anymore? Because of exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, I agree completely. Do you know that um, the nickname for Rupert is Ruru? No, I did not know I did that. not know that. Yeah. It's Ruru. Ruru. <laughs> So if he was a hockey player, they'd say, hey, Ruru, over here. Feed, they'd call him Ruse. Roops. Feed it to me, Ruzi. Ruse. Are you willing to go public? Speaking of hockey, are you willing to go public with your declaration that you said off the air? 
Well, oh, I didn't get any reaction from the old man, or from uh, my buddy. Um, oh. So, and I was just trying to get a rise out of him, oh, and okay. it, it didn't really work. I'm down on uh, Kaprasov. He's a commie. He only scored two goals last <laughs> night. I want him to give a public uh, decry. Okay. I want him to, I want him okay. to denounce Putin. No, I'm. No, here's why. No, here's no. why you don't. He's want an that. athlete and a hockey player. Don't bring that because into. This joyous sport. No, and here's the other reason why. Because the you guys <laughs> saw the story about the tennis player that Wimbledon wants to Dolkovic. Yes. Yeah. Here's why they can't do this. Their families all still live in Russia. You really want this guy to stand in front of a camera with I'm his sorry. family living back there, and all of a sudden they disappear like that uh, Instagram model Re- did? Reavers, stop it. I'm Car- sorry. Kirill is a better hockey player than Mario. Too early to say that. Nope. Yeah, well. You know about as much about hockey as my dead mother. <laughs> you, uh, you're going to go to hell for that one. No, what did she always say? You're, uh, you I'll will be, be excommunicated. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, immortal smitten sin. Under pain Mor- of mortal yeah, sin. Yeah, That's mortal it. sin. Don't you That's... kids dare go on that ice. Yeah. <laughs> we just turned And you salt. didn't. And you yeah. didn't. Yeah. God, I really thought there was a hat trick in the offing last night. Really thought yeah. so. Speaking of sports, there's been a big shakeup in the sportscaster field. The announcing team of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman leaving Fox. They will host Monday Night Football for ESPN. They ESP- both are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ES- wow. ESPN officially announced Wednesday that Buck and Aikman have left Fox for Monday Night Football. Aikman, according to sources, has signed a five-year, $90 million contract that would tie him with Tony Romo of CBS for the wow. largest yearly NFL TV salary. Bah. Meanwhile, Buck has inked a five-year deal uh, with ESPN for $75 million. The announcement came after weeks of speculation about the duo who have been calling games for 20 seasons, including six Super Bowls together on Fox. Uh, losing Buck also hurts Fox's Major League Baseball coverage. Since I was he was the leading, say. Yeah, leading voice for the network's MLB games, including calling the World Series. And he's done that for, what, decades? At least, yeah, at least 15 years, right? I'm going to say yeah. something that irritates Reavers. Joe Buck, one of the world's better um, sports broadcasters. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and Damn I agree it. too. Yeah. Damn it. No, I'm, I, I, I don't get the hatred. For everyone Joe. got mad at him here because of what he said about Randy Moss and the Packer oh, playoff big game. Deal. Hey, exactly. He's, as a broadcaster, he's great. He's really, really good. I don't know if you guys heard this, but Fox also made an announcement about baseball. Did you guys hear this? Who's going to replace no. them? Come on, you're. My time. There's the pitch. <laughs> Boof glaring in. Wide. I'm ben, sorry. Inside. Not wide. Inside. I, ball. Inside. I think yeah. he called it a strike. Yeah. He did. <laughs> What's he lay, raising his hand for? Looks like a strike to me. One, one and one. Yeah. Oh. This is not as easy as you think it is when you listen to Gordo all summer long. <laughs> well, did you have? Uh, Let me you, tell you about that interstate that came. Did you here. have a glaring in written down on no, a no, yellow no, post-it note? No. Boof, glaring in. Then a ball, no strike, no. I think it was no ball, no. It was a strike. Yep, uh, it was in there. He's got his hand raised. <laughs> <laughs> it did. He did say. Uh, what, what did he say? He goes one and oh, no, one and one and one is the count. That was. Uh, that was. Have great. you uh, have you ever given it a run, Reavers? Have you ever tried? Yes. Yeah. How to go? It was fine. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I as much as I thought I would. It, it, people well, don't realize uh, baseball, football, hockey. That ain't easy. No, no. baseball. Uh, I've sat next the to easiest. these guys. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and that ain't easy. It, 
And that makes what Buck does even better because he'll do football on Sunday during the World Series or the playoffs, and then he'll do a baseball game Monday and Tuesday and a baseball game Thursday. One thing that listeners and um, viewers don't understand, um, you're only as good as your spotter. All these guys have spotters sitting right next to them, feeding them information. And if you've got a good spotter, they can make you something. See, that was really my problem good. in spring training. Didn't I didn't have a, have a spotter. <laughs> it was rookie, and he was getting food. Right. <laughs> Do you guys think Fox will give them 90 mil? The, I don't the know. tape from that duo I just played? Well, <laughs> no. 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 Why is he going to raise his alone. hand? <laughs> I have some notes here that I <laughs> did. He really have notes? Want to tell you about the new freeway? <laughs> <laughs> the days of sharing Netflix passwords might soon be over. The streaming company has begun testing a new feature that would charge people to add multiple profiles to an account. The scheme is initially being trialed in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. It's unclear. It's unclear if and when the feature will be unrolled in other countries. Are you old people? In, <laughs> in a statement, uh, Netflix's director of product innovation said Netflix has always made it easy for people who live together to share their Netflix account, allowing people to create separate profiles on a single subscription. But accounts are being shared between households now, impacting our ability to invest in a great new TV and films for our members. The new features would charge subscribers who share their accounts for up to two people outside their household. Subscribers would be charged about two ninety eight a month in Chile, two ninety nine in Costa Rica, two twelve in Peru. Costa bleepin' Rica. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the end of Netflix password sharing is another shift in the company's strategy, uh, tr- strategy, its strategy <laughs> that suggests it's looking toward its existing customers rather than new subscribers to help grow company's money. Uh, Johnny, a quick update from the Star Tribune. Yes, sir. Uh, Maggie Sullivan, the Senior Officer of Human Resources for Minneapolis Public Schools and a key member of the district's negotiating team, has resigned. Yeah. So I don't know. Does yeah. that mean that we'll probably get resolution here? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That was this morning, board. wasn't it? Well, that, we that had was... a school board member resign yesterday. Okay, okay. that's what I said. Oh, okay. Because, okay. yeah, this just was posted two minutes ago. Johnny, right. thank you. You bet. All right. You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. Thank you very much and good evening. We hope you have fun tonight. We've got a little ditty that's very popular these days, so please sing with me if you know the lyrics. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very hard out there for a pimp. When he's trying to get his money for the rent, for the caddies and all the gas money spent. Well, there's a whole lot of bitches that are jumping ship out there. Yes, very hard out here for a pimp. He's trying to get his money for the rent, 
and for the Ducatis and all the gas money spent driving around, because of all those ladies that are jumping ship, in my eyes I've seen some crazy things on the streets. Got a couple of hoes working on the changes for me, but I gotta keep my game tight like Kobe on game night, like taking a hoe that don't know better. That just ain't right. I don't see people killed and seen people deal. I've seen people live in poverty with no meals. But listen, I've messed up where I live, but that's just how it is. It might be new to you, but it's been like this for years. It's blood, sweat, and tears when it came down to this, and I've been trying to get rich before I leave this here. I've been trying to have things, but it's hard for a pimp. I've been praying, but listen, it's very hard. How about that for an Irish pimp? Oh, the best part is when he's running out of breath. <laughs> a super yacht owned by a Russian oligarch that was built in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, is among a number of yachts and other assets seized by foreign governments in the past two weeks as part of the sanctions. Lady M was built at the Palmer Johnson Shipyard in 2013 and delivered uh, to its owner that June. Let me stop right there. How? I was just going to ask the same thing, but thought it well, might I bet be it dumb. Went, I bet it went through the St. Lawrence Seaway. Yeah, they all do. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have gone any other way than the St. Lawrence Seaway. It wouldn't have gone down the Mississippi. What was the name of the? Lady No, M. these things are far too, they, they displace too much to go down the The bay, wherever. though. The bay, what, what was the bay? Sturgeon Bay. Sturgeon Bay. A uh, 213-foot-long vessel reportedly was the largest aluminum-hulled yacht ever built in the U.S. and the largest Palmer Johnson had built as the first of its PJ Sport Yacht 210 series, designed by renowned firm Italian uh, Nuvolari Leonard, Lady M carried a crew of 14 and could host 12 guests in six suites. It also features a swimming pool almost 20 feet long that can be covered to convert it into a touch-and-go helipad. Its two diesel engines combined to provide more than 9,000 horsepower to move its gross tonnage of 716 tons giving it a cruising speed of 24 knots, 27.6 miles per hour, and top speed of 28 knots, 32.2 miles per hour. That is fast for that big of a boat. The yacht is owned by Alexei Mordashov, a Russian whose personal net worth is valued at $21.2 billion by the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, making him the second wealthiest person in the country. Who's the first? Putin. Mordashov is the chairman and main shareholder in Severostal, Russia's largest steel and mining company. So, in other words, he was given that and has interests in other business ventures. He is one of a number of Russian business magnets under European Union sanctions for their ties to the evil Putin. According to Reuters, Lady M was seized March 5 by Italian authorities in the port city of Imperia, part of a sweep by Italian police to impound yachts and villas in the country valued in the millions of dollars and owned by five sanctioned Russian oligarchs. Uh, at the time, the Italian government reported Lady M was the most expensive asset it seized, valued at 65 million euros, about 71 million bucks. But it more recently seized a 485-foot-long super yacht, the Saya, linked to Russian energy and fertilizer magnet Andrei Melnichenko. Hmm. Other super yachts owned by Russian billionaires have been seized while in the port in France and Germany. Uh, the sweep doesn't necessarily mean the oligarchs have lost ownership of the assets. According to CNBC.com, government prosecutors must prove the seized property was part of a crime before those governments can take ownership. The seizures mean the ass assets aren't able to move or leave the country. 
Lady M was one of the last yachts built in the Sturgeon Bay shipyard of Palmer Johnson, at that point headquartered in Monaco, before the the yard closed in 2015 and yacht building moved to the Netherlands. The local shipyard was bought by Italian-based boat builder Fincantieri in 2016, renamed Fincantieria Bay Shipbuilding, and now builds, repairs, and maintains commercial shipping vessels. I'm looking at it right now, a uh, satellite image. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. So then you go around the lake and then... Well, you'd go up Lake Michigan... Past the Mackinac Under the Bridge. Mackinac Bridge. No, 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 dummy. Oh, oh, you mean the ship? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then you go up to Salt Saint Marie. And would have to go to <laughs> Jesus Rivers. Uh, where would it join ship. the Saint Lawrence oh. Seaway in Sault Ste. Marie? Yeah, that's what I just said. And then down the seaway to the ocean. There you go. They must have thought of all that before they I built it. I bet they did. Yeah. You know. I'm surprised they didn't consult us. But Bezos, he has his boat built in the Netherlands, and he has to take a bridge down, a historic bridge. <laughs> but he paid for it. Did he pay, pay for, for it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. That's a big boat. Why? Well, I, I can imagine. <laughs> How you doing over there? Happy St. Patty's Day, boys. What are you gonna do today, huh? Little little Jameson, little Guinness. What's what's on the dock for everybody? Uh, huh? I don't do uh, St. Patrick's Day. Really? I used to when I was younger. Well, no, I'm not going anywhere. Only. There's only one item today in this day in history. Oh, a little Just light today? One? Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumo, Longa, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. March 17th, St. Patrick's 1851, Day. In St. Paul hosted the state's first St. Patrick's Day parade. Wow. Although Irish immigrants to St. Paul would not peak, immigration to St. Paul would not peak until 1890, many Irish had already settled in town, working both as household servants and as laborers on the docks of the Upper Landing. And did someone suggest let's have this uh, parade in White Bear Lake? No, they had it in St. Paul, like they're doing in Minneapolis. Minneapolis is having theirs in Columbia Heights for some reason. So they all said, "Oh, Jesus, oh. it's a parade." <laughs> See, speaking of Guinness, what happened to the the poor fella? That the work that worked at the Guinness factory, well, he fell in the vat. Oh man, and, uh, drowned, and uh, Poor they, guy. Had, they had to send Seamus to tell Mary uh, that Mary, your husband, died. He fell into the vat. And she was hoping, oh, tell me he didn't suffer long, and and Seamus had to tell Mary, well, he did get out three times to take a leak. <laughs> Something like that. That was a pretty good one. Poor Seamus. Uh, Tis I that's given it up for Lent. Oh, yeah. So I only had two beers. Now See, he's not on a three. roll. Yeah. Right. Now he's That's on a roll. all right. Never mind. No, forget about it? No, forget about it. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving? Oh, what? It's like Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. And uh, if you... Even though we Irish are supposed to be dumb. That's right. Joe. I'm dumb. Except for the president. Yeah, dumb. D-U-M. 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 Do us a favor and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page if you would be so kind. And you can also follow us along on all of our social media channels Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and more. And don't forget to visit the online shop available at garagelogic.com.
It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk Josh Arnold. He is our go-to guy, especially in these times of volatility. Jailers, now's the time for you to also make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608 where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again here in Garage Logic and Josh news today on the Fed oil and one of your favorites Amazon. Of course, we'll get to Amazon in, in just a minute, but the market has been bouncing up and down from negative to positive over the last several days. I do believe that the other day, not that I called a bottom, but I did say to be a little bit more aggressive in putting money to work and particularly in those names that have been in my estimation, beaten down a little bit too much, but are still generating tremendous amounts of cash flow to companies that are earning a lot of money. Now, that has typically been my favorite companies, Apple and Amazon, which are the biggest part of mine and my clients' portfolios. So I do track them with a lot of vigilance, so to speak. And these two companies are leaders in both the S&P 500 and NASDAQ. Apple, of course, is also a component of the Dow Jones. Amazon has had a nice move up since it announced its 20-for-1 stock split, which will take take effect on June 3rd, and the shares will trade in a split-adjusted price on June the 6th. There are many people that are jumping up and down with that on the possibility that Amazon could be included in the Dow Jones and Amazon will become more accessible to retail investors at a lower price point, as well as Amazon can use the lower price shares as additional currency for the benefit of their employees. Amazon did also announce today the completion of their buy of MGM Studios, which includes, of course, you know, my favorite Rocky Balboa series, and I've watched every one of those and every James Bond, so that'll plus other aspects of MGM Studio. The EU Competition Committee approved that the other day, and the FTC had until March 15th to say, boo, they did not, so the deal uh, goes through. That'll be another benefit, not only to Amazon shareholders, but to prime users getting more streaming possibilities. Amazon has responded positively, even with interest rates, short-term interest interest rates being moved up by the Fed yesterday. The Fed took a fairly hawkish stance, a little more hawkish than I would have liked, particularly given the not only market conditions, but the worldwide economic conditions. Raising interest rates, and they are projecting seven rate moves this year, and three next year, none at this point in 2023. Raising the interest rates, the short-term interest rates to a more normal level is probably expected, but the tone that they took, I think, was a little bit more aggressive than conditions warranted. The Fed does see full employment continuing, but is projecting slower economic growth for the balance of this of the year. 
The market has already had priced in prior to the Fed's announcement the seven hikes, and now the worry is stagflation or recession. Indeed, many of the people that have been pushing for higher interest rates are now worried the opposite, that the Fed will do too much, too long, and tip the economy into a recession. Goldman Sachs, in a piece today, said we're already in a stagflation period. And higher interest rates are not going to do too much to curtail oil. The IEA does talk today, and this drove oil prices up on a warning, on the IEA's warning of a supply shortage, given that Russian oil, 3 billion barrels a day, could be taken off the market. And there's not much yet to replace that. Well, we'll see about that. That has given, you know, oil stocks a little bit of a boost. And the guy from Omaha, Warren Buffett, has continued to be buying Occidental Petroleum shares with a report stating he bought another billion dollars worth of shares the other day, giving Berkshire Hathaway a 14.5% stake in the company. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now is the time to make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. You got it, Chris. You too. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.